and welcome to Regeneratively Speaking, a podcast brought to you by the Wake Forest Institute for Regenerative Medicine in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. I'm Emily Gregg. And I'm Joshua Huntsberger. In each episode, we bring you interviews with guest researchers and our institute's faculty covering the latest cutting-edge research on regenerative medicine. Good afternoon. Today we have Dr. John Jackson, an associate professor here at the Wake Forest Institute for Regenerative Medicine. Welcome. Good morning. Um, So I thought we could start off talking about your background and training. Um, You received your bachelor's from UNC Chapel Hill and then received your PhD in medical sciences from the University of Nebraska. So could you tell us more about your early training and how that led you to regenerative medicine? Yes, uh, I obtained a a Bachelor of Science degree in biology from University of North Carolina. And from there, uh, I moved to Nebraska uh, to uh, obtain my uh, master's degree as well as my Ph.D. degree in in medical science. And so with those degrees, I did a lot of research in terms of hematopoiesis and looking at the hematopoietic stem cell populations. Uh, So that background then led me uh, directly into uh, regenerative medicine, which uses uh, stem cell populations a lot in in terms of tissue engineering Mm -hmm. and repairing injured tissue. Great. We also know that you were the technical director of cell processing at the University of Nebraska. So can you um, talk about how you provided support for bone marrow transplants and what that experience was like? Yes, that was actually a very good experience. It was uh, a truly clinical in nature. Uh, the uh, cell culture uh, facility uh, supplied uh, all of the uh, processed products for bone marrow transplantation as well as uh, apheresis products. Uh, so the patients would uh, come in and have a bone marrow aspirate uh, or bone marrow harvest performed or collect peripheral stem cells uh, through apheresis procedure. We would obtain those products, uh, process them in the lab. We either did minimal manipulation, such as uh, reducing the volume, increasing the cell concentration, all the way to specific cell population uh, isolation of specific cell populations, such as CD34 positive cells, mm-hmm. the hematopoietic stem and progenitor, mm-hmm. and also uh, T cell depletion. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we did from very simple to very complex uh, processing procedures. Okay. So then what brought you here to W Firm? It, it was the opportunity to uh, expand my horizons. And when you think about hematopoietic stem cell and bone marrow transplantation, uh, that's really regenerative medicine. And that we started that really in the 50s um, uh, with the very early transplantation. Uh, then because we're using the hematopoietic stem cell to regenerate the hematopoietic system that had been destroyed with high-dose chemotherapy or radiotherapy for uh, tumor uh, treatments. Uh, so we were really doing regenerative medicine. We just didn't call it that at that time. Mm-hmm. So that was my interest uh, uh, began uh, during those times uh, at Nebraska. And uh, the Wake Forest Institute for Regenerative Medicine is a world-renowned center uh, for uh, regenerative medicine and tissue engineering. Uh, so uh, uh, it was an obvious uh, place for me to look, as well as my 
home state is North Carolina, so it was moving okay. back home. Okay, <laughs> great. So um, your research interest here includes stem cell biology with an emphasis on tissue and organ regeneration. So talk to me about your work in those areas. Well, we're doing a number of uh, studies in terms of looking at different cell populations. Uh, one of the areas of research is uh, uh, tissue engineering of uh, ovary, looking at uh, engineering uh, uh, follicles to uh, mature uh, oocytes for enhanced fertility for, for women that have, uh, say, premature ovarian failure. Uh, we're also looking in terms of engineering those follicles for hormonal replacement therapies. So we can use that instead of uh, uh, injections. We could potentially use these engineered follicles uh, to have a more natural hormone production system. Great. Are you currently doing any research still with the ear? We are. We're doing uh, a number of studies in terms of looking at uh, regenerating uh, inner ear hair cells. And those are the cells uh, that transmit uh, sound waves uh, into electrical pulses to, to the brain so that you hear. And we are uh, uh, born with a, a certain number of hair cells and they don't regenerate. Uh, so if we lose hair cells through aging or loud noise or, or drugs such as certain antibiotics, uh, we lose those hair cells forever. So we are not able to replace them. So our hearing decreases in those instances. So our research is based in terms of seeing if we can regenerate those inner ear hair cells for hearing restoration. Regenerative medicine for the wounded warrior is one area of research that you're a part of here at WFIRM. How does regenerative medicine hope to help that particular population of injured people? Well, we're using that to uh, replace uh, injured tissues and, and uh, organ systems. And um, the AFIRM uh, project uh, covers uh, quite a range of, uh, of different uh, um, areas of injury for the wounded warrior, looking at injuries to the extremities, uh, to the cranial facial or the head and, and neck area. Uh, we're looking uh, at uh, uh, the genital urinary uh, uh, recovery, such as uh, replacing uh, uh, the uh, urethra, mm -hmm. um, as well as bladder and other uh, aspects. Uh, with that. So uh, with this project, uh, we're into the second phase, or AFIRM-2, um, uh, and uh, there are, are, are started out to be 60 projects within AFIRM-2, uh, and some of them have ended after three years. We're into the fifth year uh, uh, with this project. And so uh, we've made a, a significant progress in terms of moving toward uh, regeneration of things um, uh, such as skin, uh, uh, composite tissue transplantations, which include uh, hand uh, uh, transplantation or face transplantation. Those weren't done specifically at WFIRM, but they were part of AFIRM uh, that's uh, managed by WFIRM. Yeah, you, you just 
talked about the um, the skin printer. So can you tell us a little bit more about what the skin printer is, how it functions, and, and where the progress is right now? Yes, that's uh, that was a project that was originally in A-Firm 1, where we were able to engineer and build a, uh, a skin bioprinter. And uh, uh, we've kept that up. It's not specifically funded in A-Firm 2, but we've uh, been able to uh, continue some of that research. And with that, we're able to uh, define uh, a specific burned area. Uh, we can take cells from an uninjured area of the skin, isolate a couple of populations of cells, keratinocytes and uh, a dermal fibroblast, expand those in, in uh, culture, and then place those in the skin bioprinter and then print those directly onto uh, the, the wound area. And uh, we have, uh, with some of the uh, animal studies, we've gotten very nice uh, uh, results uh, from that by decreasing the, the time for healing uh, mm -hmm. of wounds. Mm -hmm. That's exciting. Um, how do you think the projects that you're working on now that are uh, part of the Affirm Project and for Wounded Warriors, how do you think those will translate to the civilian population? I think a, a number of these projects uh, will, uh, will translate very well into the civilian population. Uh, the, the Wounded Warriors uh, have experienced a dramatic tissue damage. Right. Uh, but you can see uh, uh, these similar types of damage in, in car accidents right. and uh, 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 other uh, types of uh, gunshot wounds, things like this. So uh, there is a, a, a need to move this technology into the civilian population. Yes, that sounds great. Um, you were also on a team of researchers that recently published about advanced brain organoids with the potential application in drug discovery and stroke modeling. So can you talk to us about that new discovery, the process behind it, and maybe its future applications? Yes, that's a, a, a very interesting uh, project uh, where uh, we had a, a, a have a graduate student that's actually uh, uh, performing these types of experiments. He's taking... Uh, uh, human-derived uh, cells, uh, a number of different uh, types of brain cells, um, uh, uh, the uh, neurons, uh, oligodendrocytes, um, uh, there are a number of different uh, of these types of uh, cells, including the vascular system, endothelial cells and smooth mm -hmm. muscle cells, mm -hmm. astrocytes that are associated with that. And we're making uh, these um, uh, organoids or spheroids of these cells and uh, we found that uh, with this organoid we get a very nice blood-brain barrier uh, that's um, uh, does th th this allows uh, or suppresses uh, certain movements of drugs and um, uh, infectious agents into the brain. Mm -hmm. So an intact blood-brain barrier is very important. When you have a brain injury uh, such as a traumatic brain injury, uh, concussive type of uh, injury, that is uh, um, disrupted. And so you can get uh, inflammatory responses in the brain, and we can mimic that with these uh, brain organoids. Uh, so we can uh, use that to screen drugs and different toxic agents, um, and also uh, looking at stroke-type instances where we can put these organoids under uh, 
hypoxic conditions mm -hmm. and then look at the effects on mm -hmm. uh, the blood-brain barrier mm -hmm. and the movement of drugs and other agents into uh, that tissue. So I think it's a very good uh, start uh, uh, to, to look at some of these complex issues uh, with brain injury. Very exciting, very exciting research. Part of your time is devoted to education and outreach programs. So in the past, you've been a mentor to scholars and students here at WFIRM, participated in tours, and you're a member of the Tissue Engineering and Regenerative Medicine Society, having recently been the acting president for the North Carolina chapter. Uh, so what do these educational programs mean to you, and what do they mean to the future of regenerative medicine? I think they're actually critical in terms of moving this technology and this type of research forward. Uh, we really need to uh, train uh, our, our youth in terms of coming into this area uh, and uh, uh, all the way from cell biologists to cell biologists to engineers, all of those need to train and work together. And I think that's what really helps uh, WFIRM is that we have all of these uh, teams working together with different backgrounds. So training of those individuals is critical. And then also uh, getting this information out to the general public, uh, I think is extremely important. Uh, so they understand where the field is. Uh, we have to be careful in terms of not over-promising but at least give the public uh, an indication of where we're going with this type of research and the potential for this, for um, uh, di disease uh, and injury to different tissues and organs. And, and what does it mean to you? How does being a mentor to some of these students um, and even some of the, you know, some of people that are not students, some of the outside public interacting with them. How does that change the way you work and your research? Well, it's very gratifying in terms of uh, being able to uh, to mentor and, and, and teach uh, the younger generation. And also it's very uh, uh, interesting in terms of how the, the public interacts with, with scientists. And it's surprising how much information they do know because of the internet and all of the information <laughs> right. available. <laughs> right. So mm -hmm. you get some very uh, pointed and interesting questions when you go out and meet the public. Mm -hmm. And it, it's uh, very enjoyable. Mm -hmm. uh, good, good, I'm glad. Uh, so to kind of wrap up, um, do you have any final messages for our audience, young scientists that may be listening that are interested in going into this field? Yes, I think uh, uh, going into uh, uh, an engineering or science-based uh, uh, career is uh, very rewarding. Uh, you have a, a number of options that you can go. You can go medical. Uh, you can go research, you mm -hmm. can go into industry. So there are a number of ways that you can use this type of education to move this uh, field forward. Mm -hmm. And I would just encourage people with any interest at all uh, to uh, pursue that interest. Great. Well, it was great talking to you today. Totally. Thank you for coming. Thank you. <laughs> That's all for this episode. Be sure to listen next time for the latest in regenerative medicine. This podcast is a production of the Wake Forest Institute for Regenerative Medicine, part of the Wake Forest Baptist Medical Center. For more information, visit our website at www.wfirm.org or follow us on Facebook and Twitter at WFIRM News.